get you and like upstairs Ian and upstairs Ian has no interest in playing tabletop games. I tried. That's what makes it fun. What the f- is going on down there? I mean, at some point, they're going to have to finish off the series and unbreak whatever keeps breaking. Yeah, my, my theory is that the original time stream is being preserved in the watches, and with them basically being the watches and not part of the original time stream, the leftover is this new, like, slightly altered time stream. Is, is my current prediction, anyway. So when he gains their power, what he's doing is basically pulling a time stream or to power a watch yeah and then what's left behind is this time stream where it's like hey what if uh like i I need to see the subs to know for sure i have a suspicion it's what if they never became a rider but i'm not sure if that's what's going on there's some stuff man there's some stuff with that show that's not our show though welcome to our show hello everybody welcome to wtf at tfw my name's chris i'm joined by aaron hey and i'm joined by tj Hello. Uh, we are here to talk to you after we talked about Common Rider a bunch. New Common Rider series is up. Looks pretty interesting. There's episode point fives in order to fill in even more of what the hell's going on. I kind of like that. Um, we also got a new Transformers show up. If you want to go watch Cyberverse, the first two episodes are up on a bunch of places that non-Americans apparently cannot watch it as far as I know. I have watched it on Daily Motion because I, I couldn't actually get any of the official links to work. Uh, did you guys check out any of that new Cyberverse stuff? I think it's the first two episodes. Uh, I have not. I'm I'm holding off until I am presentable on camera because I thought, hey, let's actually film a response to this because I'm sure I will have a reaction of some sort. I, I would recommend that if you're not in a rush, hold off until there's maybe four episodes, I would assume, because there's a very serialized nature to this thing that made episode one and two feel like I watched two thirds of a first episode. Uh, not as egregiously as the machinima stuff, I should I should add. But I still very much felt like this is probably better if you just wait until a bunch of them stack up. Um, I ask this also because we have a quick listener question I wanted to hit since it's so relevant right now. Uh, so we'll very quickly hit this since you guys haven't really checked out the episodes. But uh, Malunas T uh, wanted to know if any of us had checked out Cyberverse in more detail because he finds the voice cast a little shaky. From what he understands, they've moved to non-union voice actors, meaning there's no returning voices. What is your take on the new direction? Personally, I find it a little unfortunate that we finally had the chance to do a new Transformer story without another obligatory Peter Cullen performance, but their decision was to get a non-union voice actor who can do a near-perfect impression of Peter Cullen. Likewise, Starscream's voice actor is trying very hard to be Chris Latta, and it just isn't working for me. What little of Optimus and Starscream in particular uh, we've seen are well animated, but their voices don't feel like they match their designs at all. Perhaps I'm just at the point where G1 nostalgia isn't doing anything for me. What say you? Uh, I can confirm that um, at least from the brief bit I heard of Starscream, maybe it'll, it'll be more of a Tom Kenny deal, which I think was a really good Starscream that was more homaging than straight up trying to be Chris Latta. They the voicing actually I noticed it was a little bit weak and I was and it wasn't weak like bad it was just weak like at times a little flat like Windblade's voice actor for instance has piles of exposition to get through and there were a few moments where her voice actor sounded like she was going through piles of exposition 
Like, there was a certain kind of, like, a tone to the voice that sometimes didn't entirely match the energy of the scene. Um, Bumblebee's voice actor has gotten to talk a little bit. Um, I don't know. Like, now, voice... has it been actually talking, or was it all the radio stuff that we saw in the preview thing that everybody... that that was named Aaron really thought was potentially going to be horrible. So, uh, spoilers, by the way, I'm going to talk a little bit about these first two episodes without like going super deep in the plot. The radio thing is there and also not there is the way I will say it. Uh, the radio thing. Okay. That's, that is such a BS answer. It's yeah, it's man. It's kind of tricky to explain this without getting like super deep into it. In by episode two, Bumblebee is speaking to Windblade, and they are having a conversation. Is what I'll say. Okay. Uh, and the voice actors are not bad. They're not like the the lack of union voice actors doesn't feel like these performances are crap. It feels like they need more direction, and at some points, it feels like they're not getting it. Uh, and okay. also, I think it is highly disappointing that they did just get someone who can sound a lot like Peter Cullen, for instance, or that they've got someone who is at least in the first line I heard, trying really hard to sound like G1 Starscream, because, yeah, it's kind of boring. And then there's a weird frigging thing going on with Grimlock, and I have two theories on it as well, but it does not match up with what I just critiqued. So, yeah, there's there's some mixed messages from the voicing, uh, none of it being that the voicing is bad, but certainly that, like, some of the voicing is kind of boring, um, and some of it feels like it needs more direction. As far as G1 nostalgia, though, like, how are you guys feeling about it? I still don't mind it, but I certainly don't blame anyone who's getting tired of it because it ramped up in the last couple of years, I think. So I think that G1 nostalgia is good when it is a a base, if that makes sense, where it's not like, look at this, this is more G1, but done in a modern art or something like that versus, like... You know, if you take the the bones maybe of like G one yeah. design and iconoclasty, then like that can be a good start, a good yeah, you know, it, place to drape the musculature and everything else. But yeah, if it's just a case gross. of like we did we redid G one in the way that we wanted it to happen and and remember all that things that you remember from G one, it's in here. We did we did the 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 car wash thing because that was an episode that was that was a thing and yeah it's G one you like G one so you're gonna like this that's not what a a nod or a look back to it should be but yeah. when it's you know the 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 look and feel of things that can have the same look and feel I I would agree with that. I feel I feel like G one should be a starting point, but not the destination. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I was like, thinking about this question, and I think animated is a great example of what you guys are describing in the positive. Yes, like it's very much loving G one, but it's not aiming to just be G one. Right. Yeah. Like animate. Yeah, animated took things a very different direction. We got a very different style of Optimus Prime. He looked. G1, and he's supposed to be that same type of inspirational hero character, but at the same time, he's young, at the, and he's new to the role. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at a completely younger. different point in his story. Yeah. Yeah, which is great. I mean, that's, you know, that's the kind of thing that I wish they would do more often, instead of setting this up where this is how things were roughly around where we started in G1. 
Or mm -hmm. are, we've been going at this for millions of years, and this is who Optimus Prime is now. There's Instead story. of being 1984, we're in 2018. Yeah. Look, that car is slightly different. <laughs> <laughs> we got everything using touchscreens now. We're still drawing Windblade way more detailed than everyone else, and it's not helping making her just fit into the cast. I want Windblade to be in the cast, but they gotta friggin' dial her detail back, because, like, even Cyberverse, she alone has these really creepy, like, slits running down from either side of her mouth. And, it, like, it makes her look like she has a puppet mouth, and it's really creepy, and no one else seems to have it, and I don't get it. Well, it's because I mean, it's, it's the geisha face. And yeah, that's what I was we, thinking. We really got stuck on that when we made the design. It sticks out so much on the Cyberverse one, though. God. Like, everything else is fine, but, like, and, and even in that, that uh, did you guys see the preview for that Bumblebee original graphic novel coming out? Because um, they're doing no. the same thing, where it's kind of no. like, here's a shot in the arc with the 84 cast and Windblade. And they kind of got closer, where they, they simplified her enough that she blends in a bit more. But okay. there are times where, like, they like they go for having, here's the, she's part of the cast now, so here's the old cast drawn just like Sunbow, and here's Windblade drawn almost like Sunbow, but then we added a whole bunch of texture detail everywhere. And then it's just okay. like... Because yeah. <laughs> she I had a bunch that. of texture detail in the Sunbow cartoon. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I remember that, I remember seeing the previews for uh, the Transformer Star Trek crossover that, where she's designed like that. Yeah, that, that's and what that's, I was trying to think of. Yeah, because, like, that's... She just doesn't fit in. Like, I don't know what it is, but... Like, every time we try to see Windblade in a new media, no one is willing to redesign her. Yeah, and, and you don't even need to do much to redesign her because, like, I think Cyberverse is one of the best jobs aside from the mouth, to be honest, where it's like, she is a jet former with an overtly female body and VTOLs in her wings. And, like, the, there you got it. And like they didn't, they kind of toned down the geisha headdress part, which seriously, I'm happy to see get toned down. Um, and then just they put in the puppet mouth stuff, and it looks really weird. Because um, yeah, uh, I, I think that like the thing that 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 animated also did, just kind of dialing back there from what we were talking about before we got on the windblade thing, is they also let their optimus kind of be his own voice. Um, when you, like, I don't know how much you guys might have heard the Cyberverse version of Optimus, but, like, he, it's like they went out to find whoever could sound like Peter Cullen without having to hire Peter Cullen. Yeah. And it's, it's mm. like, disappointing to hear because it's a talented voice actor who was cast with a ceiling pressed against the top of his head, basically. Um, yeah, that's like, rough. I, I, I like hearing new voices come to Transformers. I like hearing new takes on how characters sound. Like, mm -hmm. I will admit, like, I love hearing Peter Cullen as Optimus Prime because that's where my nostalgia is always going to lead me. But I am kind of tired of it because we've had we've had like Gary Chalk and David Kay both deliver very different takes on Optimus Prime. And it still sounded really good. I can yeah. still really go with their versions of Optimus Primal or otherwise. You know, I I understand what's going on. We got a big voice actor strike looming if they don't get the contract negotiation they want. So let's hire a bunch of non-unions. Let's not go with any of the names that people know. Let's not go to anyone who was in the previous series. Mm -hmm. Okay, I, I, I can dig that. And it's an opportunity to do something new. And instead, they're getting imitations of what we've already had, which is a disservice to the show. And it's a real disservice to the actors, too, because I feel like it's it, like... 
it really bears stating non-union voice actors are not inherently worse than union voice actors. Right. No. And and trying to get sound alike non-union voice actors, it just like it puts a ceiling on top of anyone's head who was hired with the idea that they sound like someone else. You know, like Bumblebee and Windblade are very much kind of their own voices in this thing, um, okay. as are like all the seekers that aren't Starscream so far. Um, and it, it's it's nice, um, but like. I was just going to say, when you were naming all those other Optimus Prime voice actors, aside from, um, like, Gary Chalk and David Kay, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone else who has ever played an Optimus Prime was hired because they sounded kind of like a Peter Cullen Prime. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. we got uh, Neil Kaplan from R.I.D. Yeah, Peter Cullen the Prime. same voice. Uh, John, uh, John Bailey. Peter no. Cullen Prime. Yeah, yeah. Peter Cullen. And then anyone else who was hired was, like, trying and really failed, I think, to do a Peter Cullen Prime. Because I'm thinking now of, like, what, like, like little CG cartoons meant to tie in with movie video games and stuff. Um, like, sound-alikes for toys. Like, the, there is this very... Once you get past Gary Chalk and David Kay, it's kind of just this pastiche of Peter Cullen and people who are hired to try to sound like him. Uh... And I think it really, it really kind of, there's a lot to Optimus Prime that can be done that is not happening due to all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, I, I also hope I don't sound like I'm like super Duncan on Cyberverse because I, I quite enjoyed those two episodes. Uh, it's just, they, they were very serialized. It feels like um, the first three or four episodes are designed to be watched in a row. Uh, and, and also where Cyberverse has all this very G1 nostalgia bait stuff going on there's a lot of little seeds i'm already detecting where my theory that cyberverse was going to be more of an homage to just everything um i'm still thinking that might pan out like the radio voice thing feels so much like it is just there as an homage to 07 there's roots in what they're talking about in the backstory segments that have little touches of idw more touches of live action movie like they mixed um, the first episode of G1 a little bit with the nature of why all the Transformers left the planet in the live action movies or the Michael Bay versions anyway um, but with like the tone of an IDW at war Cybertron um, that you know, that clip that we all saw of Megatron giving the speech with like Autobots and Decepticons around him feels like it's right out of the IDW backstory um, okay so I, I still have I still have quite a quite a, a fascination with like precisely how much they're gonna do yeah, I mean, certainly there's a chance it might it might just be like sprinkles of of stuff here and there with a core of like don't you remember 84 but um I think there's a chance it won't be that um and I, the animation also uh looks pretty darn good um you just have to be able to see past the mouth slits uh so yeah I, I if if you want to check out Cyberverse it's uh, the first two episodes are up I would say maybe wait for the next two episodes so you can go through it at a bit more of a, a natural pace but uh until uh, more of us see it. Hope that answers your question, uh, Malunas. We're going to go into uh, one little bit of news. We don't have to go like super deep into this, but Takara Tomy shared their product photos for their first batch of Siege toys, the first uh, seven Siege toys, uh, along with the reveal that they are doing uh, a release of Punch Counter Punch as well, which kind of just seals it all up. Every single exclusive for Power of the Primes, if you missed it, don't pay a whole ton because it'll be out in Japan as well. And right now, Everything Takaratomi's putting out is basically identical to how it came out in North America. Um, which also means these siege photos are our first look at what these will probably look like on shelves as opposed to the hand-painted versions that we saw at San Diego Comic-Con. Um, uh, some of this stuff still looks pretty hand-painty, though. 
I think this is more indicative of the actual decos, though. Like, particularly uh, the, with the battle the, damage. The decos, yeah, but look at uh, Sideswipe at his shins. That is... No, that's uh, that's streaked on silver paint. That's the way that the oh, is that the that's the like the streak? Oh, yeah, God, that is. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. think I might be taking like paint thinner to a bunch of these. <laughs> so okay, so okay, TJ, how do you feel about the way some of this battle damage looks? Okay, okay, I'm I'm actually kind of with Aaron here. I really okay. When you're dealing with characters, it's supposed to be Siege on Cybertron. It's the war on you know the war for Cybertron trilogy. Okay, get that. So you give them a more war torn look. Okay. On some of these, I actually like how the battle damage looks. I like the battle damage on Optimus Prime. I mm-hmm. wish it was... But it, and this is where, where my problem lies. It's only it's only half there. Yeah. Like, there's it like, looks I, just like he splashed through a muddy puddle and then didn't go to the car wash. It doesn't even look like that. Like, you look at Sideswipe, it looks like he waded through mud. Yeah. that's And that's it. There's no, there's no kind of battle damage or tarnish on any other part of him he looks absolutely pristine his just waist his, yeah he just his waist a little, little bit of splash on his waist and yeah. and his shins and yeah his boots got his, muddy that's about his it. toes i'm really not into this battle <sighs> damage stuff let me just go hat trick here uh, uh I, I i think that's it worked like like tj like you're saying some spots look pretty cool but a yes, the the on sideswipe is a perfect example. The 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 clean white thighs is just wrecking the effect for me. Mm-hmm. Also, especially on sideswipe, some of the battle damage looks okay. Some of it, like his his the front of his lower legs, doesn't look very good. And uh, like I, I said before, I thought these were hand painted because his lower legs look like the, they were a little bit heavy with with a brush i think i see the desired effect i think it's not working and i'm kind of getting bummed out that i feel like we're all going to be investing in q-tips and paint thinner because yeah optimus prime just looks like he randomly splashed through some stuff yeah because it's like his thighs because that stands out his forearm and shoulder and a little bit across the chest because that stands out but he's got this muddy chest but the white line underneath the window chest perfectly clean also a lot of the battle damage is um how do i put this it's very clean uh there there have been it's a critique i had on a 3a toy a while back uh, because they're pretty good at weathering with their paint and Mm -hmm. there was one figure where one of my critiques was some of the weathering looked more like it was just silver paint spackled on top of a gun rather than the silver paint being what was revealed underneath a lot of these guys look like someone splattered silver paint on them more so than it looks like something being revealed underneath. Like, if Ultra Magnus's combined mode chest, if it was all like that, where it all looks like edge highlighting, yeah, and like this blue, the the metal of the blue is bone worn down, and that's the the steel underneath or whatever, yeah. that looks good. Yeah, and yeah, that the, He's wearing just like muckluck boots on top of everything else okay maybe that angle is not so good and i think we've run into um the the thing i had feared about this whole idea uh which is there is a limit to what a mass-produced toy at those price points can do with paint Uh uh-huh i was like oh you're showing some gumption you're gonna do battle damage but now we've hit into the bad version of that which is we're gonna do battle damage within the budget that we have available and it turns out that means we're gonna apply it like paint deco half the time and there yeah. are going to be segments that don't just don't get it as part of it's, the plan. It's like you ever and, go to like Target and see the pre-distressed jeans? Yeah. Or I guess you don't have Target, but what 
fashion store that has like the pre-distressed jeans. If you look through the whole rack of them, how they all have the exact same pre-distression, right? Because right. they put it on a form and they just go like ramp, ramp, ramp on yeah. on the metal parts that stick against it, and then they all end up almost the same. And I think this stuff. I don't think we're going to see literally the same patterns because it, like the streakiness on sideswipe being kind of the clue. I think it's going to be. Um, somewhat hand applied so there's going to be some variance but it's going to still be this dichotomy of weathered parts against super clean parts which I think right. takes the whole effect down a peg and it's then like it, it, if they assembled the toy and had it in alt mode and were like okay put it here and here then I think that would be okay because then you would get the you know the the bleed down into the other areas, and you could make it look like okay, maybe he did splash through some mud, and it's up on his thighs now too. End of the day, though, the other problem with this is from that budget. The other problem is that really well done battle damage. It's it, I think it's still just not very feasible unless you have a figure like uh, Studio Series Grimlock, where you can just coat the whole guy in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and so. The big bummer of this just leads to, I don't know about this battle damage, maybe I'll wait for the clean Japanese versions, wait, those aren't happening, this is every version, Uh, and it's uh, unfortunate, because I think these toys actually look really good, aside from that, and Mm -hmm. I'm getting, it's not going to ruin the line for me, but it's basically, you know how they were like, don't worry, we're not going to do those lousy stickers anymore? This is the new version of that. We stopped doing the lousy stickers, now we have questionable quality battle damage and so much like the lousy stickers it's going to be the arms race of okay how do we get rid of this now (laughs) you know yeah uh so it's kind of a shame um because i on optimus prime i think it turned out the best to be honest i think on ultra magnus the big problem with it is that it looks really good where it's happening but he also still has these really large areas of complete non-distress um and then, like I saw, the, I think it was on the CFW thread. I saw the comment where someone was like, "It looks like the Decepticons just aim at his thighs all the time." <laughs> like if you look at the if you look at the, the the white robot mode without the armor on, like all the weathering is on his thighs and on his butt. No, not on his butt, on his back. Then that turns into his butt in Ultra Magnus mode. But like, like they're just shooting him in the thighs all the time <laughs> when he's a robot. Um, he side swipes really fast. You got to go for the legs. Yeah, just keep shooting him in the legs. Ignore his upper legs, though. It's all in that. It's all in the uh, the recoil on those lower yeah. legs. Um, so, like leaving the paint stuff aside, there's some really cool stuff to see in here. Like a really clear explanation of what Cog's play pattern is, and that there's all kinds of ways you can armor someone up with his bits and pieces. Uh, getting really good looks at the MicroMasters and like the hilarious combined weapon mode of the two Autobot car MicroMasters. Um, and then uh, also, I think some really good looks at Magnus and, and Prime. Magnus, it's nice to see front and back on him. Um, I think it was also revealed that his vehicle mode is like 10 and a half, 11 inches long or something. Did I, am I getting that right? I think it was like around 10 inches long, something like that. Um, and on Optimus Prime, Siege Optimus Prime's robot mode, uh, and by by virtue of, of his robot mode, whatever his transformation is, I am extremely excited for, because that is a really good looking robot mode. And it is hiding a whole lot of the shape of the alt mode. Uh, it's, it looks very poseable. I'm really into the, the head sculpt. Looks super solid. Uh, this feels like 
Well, kind of like how Studio Series Voyager Optimus was this weird companion piece to movie masterpiece. This mm-hmm. toy looks, in his robot mode at least, looks a lot like a companion piece to version 3 masterpiece Optimus. Um, I'm I'm kind of hyped for this Voyager Optimus uh, and, and Ultra what, Magnus. What kind of makes me sad is for all of his, like, big techno truck eyebrows that it like isn't even on his robot mode chest it's and it's backpack. just the, it's <laughs> well no what i'm saying though is that his robot mode chest still has the like little guide oh, lights yeah. oh yeah it still has the earth lights on it if if it was <laughs> slick i'd be okay with it that it has like the earth mode lights it's like what are you doing Come also, on. The, the fact that those big rectangle headlights are part of what is basically a backplate uh-huh. And, and they're on the bottom, it looks like, of that back plate. That tells me that a third-party company just has to make a new plate to put onto just that like, hinge. Yo, dog, just <laughs> knock this pin out. Or it's no, seriously. Just a hinge. It's just like, yeah. pull the just, plate Just off. pop these pieces off and, hey, yeah. look, we have our Optimus Prime redeco. Here, put this new roof plate on that we made with the four yellow lights. There you go. It's Classics Optimus. Like the, the... Look, look he, ma- he made it to Earth. Yeah. Like like the weird alien headlights, which you're probably you could probably fix with like a sticker, even if you wanted to quote unquote fix them. Those appear to end up, I think, on the backs of his elbows. So it's just like, and, and yeah. it looks like those are pieces you could maybe pry off. Like everything looks like completely, completely tweakable. Although I do have to say, I really dig. It looks like his uh, truck front wheels make a significant move up and in. Yeah. Uh, to yeah. become like his lateral abs. The shape of I, his I'm, body I'm, is... I am definitely looking forward to how all of that comes together, aside from the it Cybertronian nonsense. Yeah, the, the, shape, the shape of his midsection and body is it's just so friggin' nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it looks like a lot's happening on his legs, too. Like, they're doing the wheel high, the, the rear view. Um, he's kind of showing a bit of the magic, but like, there's, it looks like they're going to do a really cool, just couple of flip hinge deals to like reshape some of that stuff. Like, it's looking like a good toy. I'm, I'm really in, into this. Um, and, and the Magnus too. Like, I, I, I'm just loving that Magnus's inner robot is a completely different Optimus Prime. Um, the, the combine, actually, Magnus's combined mode looks kind of like the most boring part, if I'm being honest. Like, it's, it's, it's like, uh, how do I put this? It's really playing into the version of Ultra Magnus they had in Dreamwave, where it's like the true power is the White Optimus Prime inside the the iconic robot mode, where it feels like all the armor really is just like a shell. Um, and I, I don't mean that in a bad way. Like I think it, it's just a really cool way to deliver the character. Uh, so I'm I'm looking forward to a lot of this line. Still, I'm just like this is this is the week where I get over the battle damage. Kind of like how I needed that one week to sort of get over the stickers <laughs> uh, to make them just this, the unfortunate part of the reality. The stickers joined the in the state of instruction sheets uh, and thus so will the battle damage. Um, TJ, do you have any other, any other thoughts to drop on these guys? Not especially. Like, I think we've covered just about everything here. I want to go grab something someone tweeted to me, uh, and that we're talking about instructions. Aaron, did you see the instruction sheet for the last... Oh, no. You have the last night hot rod. Yes. Did you look at his instructions? Yes, I did. Did you notice... I think that they were better than par. Yeah, here, let me... I'll send you a link to the tweet, just for, for reference. Yeah, uh, I, I can't re- recall directly, but, yeah. Where is our little room? Here it is. 
It's on the one with the V. Uh, yeah. Sh- yeah, Shane Shane De- Shane yeah. Payne sent this to me. I didn't know about this. These are really good looking instructions, and where the hell are they? Like these look like the color printout for the friggin' grayscale printout we keep getting. Yeah. Uh, and again, that's the thing that I wonder what we're getting with the grayscale stuff. If there's a case where somebody's like, no, this should really be like three tone. We don't need full color, but like just a couple things to make it stand out. But yeah, whoever's doing that needs to stop, please. <laughs> hey, look, it saves them a tenth of a cent on every uh, instruction sheet. Uh, this is this hot rod instructions just look really good. Um. You have a set coming your way eventually. Yay! Just the instructions, not the toy. Yeah, that's all right. That's all I want. I just want those to frame them so like every time I get new instructions, I can just show them the <laughs> frame. Oh, look. This is what you should be like. Yeah. This is what you're supposed to look like. Here, look at them while I set fire to you. <laughs> Make Let this be the last thing you see as I get unreasonably angry at pieces of paper. Um, so that's, uh, that's, that's the siege update. Um, really, I wanted to cover it primarily because we could talk about uh, what looks like the production version of the battle damage. Obviously, stuff could still change before the toys come out. And hey, fingers crossed, I would love for it to change. I would love for this conversation to be nullified because uh, I, I don't want to be bummed out by that stuff, just like I don't want to be bummed out by stickers. And this is worse because stickers you could pull off. You can't pull this stuff off. <laughs> like, you can try. You'll look like a crazy person, though. Uh, it's clawing at your plastic. Anyway... We're going to do a couple more listener questions. And uh, first up, I got a listener question here from Optimus Philip. Aaron, would you like to read this one? Sure. Optimus Philip uh, on August 22nd, 2018 said, Hello again. First of all, I'd like to hop on the bandwagon and say congratulations on 10 years of podcasting. It blows my mind to think that you've been doing this since I was eight, oh. even if I only started listening recently. Well, You're not the lads who have ever been eight. You're supposed to pop nice. out at age 14 like the rest of us. I, I think my yeah. sciatica acted up when you read that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I've had this, like, cricked neck for three days, and I have no idea why. I didn't wake up with it like that just the middle of the day. Yeah! By the way, if you go back to our episode one, that is in no way a time capsule to relive what the world was like when you were eight. Uh, it's just hearing a bunch of people talking about Transformers a little more nervously. So you don't have to go back there. Yeah, no, don't. Don't. It's it's nothing but horrible. If those episodes are even still live. Oh yeah, they are. I make sure they're up. Oh, okay. no. <laughs> uh, second, I've got a question for the even numbered cast. He says, "What do you think would happen if hypothetically Hasbro slash Takaratomi were to take action against unofficial third party Transformer companies that somehow resulted in them no longer making toys of pre existing characters? How would you feel? How would it affect the fan base? Things like that. Once again, congrats on ten years of podcasting. Here's to ten more." So we can talk to you again in 10 years when you're still under 30. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I want to throw out a caveat for this question. Let's com- let's just assume, as the question stated, that that somehow results in the companies no longer making toys without discussing the logistics of how it happened. Because if we discuss the logistics of how it happened, we're going to be here forever trying to figure out how it hasn't happened yet. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> let's just assume it happened. Um. um I think that potentially there could be more interest in official, like, Masterpiece or maybe something, like, between Masterpiece and regular 
like a better form, like a more adult collectible stuff, but maybe not to the masterpiece extreme. Something uh, in occupying like a sixty to eighty dollar price point that is out maybe ten times a year. Yeah, is what I'm thinking when you say that. Yeah. So you know, I mean, they'd still have masterpieces. They're top end, and they may even go for like a masterpiece plus, like something beyond what they're doing now. I think we're um, due for that, and I'm honestly I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Uh, so after and Dino not Block. necessarily just the like really big for China stuff. Mm-hmm. Where they take an existing thing and and put it in the, you know the, the the year of the snake, year of the goat. I was yeah. I was gonna say that stuff in my head is the first year of what you're describing, where they right. try to figure out how to do it with existing product, and I think that we kind of saw it. Um, I think that yeah, that stuff is a good example of of that. And then also, I'm thinking of putting things into like the expando ray chamber and make this 300 percent larger. I think that'd and be real. Then well, you've we'll, got talk, we'll talk about the really that in the big next version. question is what we're going to say. But I don't know how much um, Hasbro slash Takara would really change too much. I think they they could potentially divest their, uh, push their some of their reach out higher, but I think part of the problem then would also come in just that market's smaller. And I would bet that both companies have just a certain bottom line of, look, if this isn't going to move 50,000 units, what's the point? Because also I think it's... Sure, sure, we're going to move 50,000 units and maybe make... Or we're going to maybe move 10,000 units and make 50 bucks on each of them, but that doesn't equal out on, on the balance sheet by the time you look at all the other expense that goes into it. So we're not going to do that. Instead, we're going to do the thing that we know we're going to move 10 times the units or 100 times the units because it's going to go in every Walmart. And and also, I've seen the notion of, like, you know, what effect would it have if third-party companies went away? Uh, Would that make Hasbro and Takarotomi sell less Transformers? And I think that the important question to consider is how many necessarily people who buy a lot of third-party Transformers are actually also buying official transformers who would stop buying official transformers when the alternative went away is right. the question because i don't think i think there would be an impact because i think there are people who are held in by the constant barrage of different companies making different ip infringing things but i think that like as far as like oh you know would masterpiece sales suffer <clears throat> I, I don't think they would suffer immensely they would i think they would lose a couple a couple folks but i think they would be losing a blip basically because it's not like it's not like they are losing sales they already were getting necessarily when it comes mm-hmm. to the unofficial product. Because unofficial product sales have nothing to do with the sales that they're making. Um, right. So it's it's. I think I, personally, I think we would lose a chunk of the fandom. I think that about seventy five percent of that chunk um, would not have really had much input on the official toys that were coming out anyway outside of Toy Fair announcements um maybe 75% is a bit much but like, I think I think maybe more like to be honest maybe more like 40-30% I just feel like there's a chunk of folks who really into third party stuff who who account for a lot of the sales of third party stuff who actively don't really feel engaged very much by official stuff um there is a segment of those folks who are kept into official, kept into keeping attention on official stuff because 
you know, in a lot of people's heads, this is still all under the same umbrella. But I think that it would be a very different fan base. I'm just curious if it would be a new different thing or if the fan base would become what it was in, say, 2005, 2006, more so. Uh, where it's like, we get real excited about the nods we get, but maybe we also have a bunch of other hobbies we're doing with maybe even more energy than Transformers. Like, I don't... I, I think that, right, given how much it's been so ingrained in the last, like, ten years, uh, there would be a significant impact if all unofficial stuff went away. Um, and I, I think that some of the energy of the fandom would die down. I think other energies would kick up, but some of the major energy we have right now would disappear. Um, I don't know if that would be for the worse necessarily. I just think it would be us going to another track. It would be like a parallel move rather than a step backwards. Mm -hmm. Um, TJ, what about you? Like, what do you think? What do you think things would look like if if uh, unofficial stuff was just sort of taken away? Mm, you mean after the couple years after the fires? finally extinguish and yeah after the whatever that because you know there will be a oh, frigging lousy youtube commentary war that happens out of it we'll finally oh. we'll finally get our transformers one off of that <laughs> <laughs> just someone protesting outside the office in rhode island protesting that they can't buy the thing that the company they're protesting at doesn't never made in the first place how uh, dare i can't buy illegal illegally produced characters <laughs> um I mean, you, you, well, for starters, like fan base wise, you go through years of just like, uh, uh TFC would have done this so much better. Yeah, I, I like certainly that. think that would be the case, too. Yeah. Like, I feel like that sentiment eventually dies down. Because mm -hmm. there's, because like, the root of me is like, there's always been this attitude in third party of, well, I'm not buying this because such and such is just going to make it better eventually anyway. Mm -hmm. Where, I I prefer to see like I, pre I prefer to stay optimistic about product and appreciate what it's doing right instead of fixating on what's doing wrong and being hyped up for someone doing it better at four times the price mm -hmm. uh, that's mm -hmm. just that's just me you know that, you know that would, that would be a I, I would I would hope that appreciation for the toys we are getting would grow as those options came away but like that's fan base wise that's hard to predict what i would think is that a lot of those third-party companies are just going to fade away you're never hear from them again but there's going to be those few that are known for their engineering level they're known for the quality of product who will probably strike it out and try you know to go with like the unrustables approach of completely new stuff mm -hmm. and uh, um, i also th i think you can actually see versions of this on an even more granular level inside just the third party sub forum where there are folks who who are way into the more affordable unofficial toys that come out a lot of the pocket scale stuff being the easy example um mm -hmm. where that stuff um it's such a more interesting comparison honestly to make with that stuff and official stuff where it's almost more comparable uh because the price points are not just because the price points are closer but also because the price points are closer with with very different deliveries, but for similar money, whereas expensive third-party stuff is simply high-end. Uh, and there, you can only really compare that monetarily to Masterpiece stuff, which often is going for something completely different, unless you're looking at Masterpiece slot filler things. Um, but uh, then, then to go off your other point, like I, I do think there are going to be third parties who would stick around doing a, a original designs. I think right now there's a little bit of a renaissance of that happening already. Um, Bad Cube is pursuing a line 
of reimagined Transformers characters who who don't actually look like Transformers characters. Um, in, in all their masterpiece-alike toys they've been putting out, in the back of the instruction book, there'd be this concept art for a version of the character who looks completely new. And now they're going to be producing that as a toy line. Um, perfect effect. Did you guys see the thing they recently put up for pre-order? That like that Optimus with the combining trailer, where it's like yeah. it's G one Optimus but with a movie combination. Um, I think that's in the same vein. Uh, Cross dimension for Make Toys, same vein. Um, the Bad Cube one is actually one of the biggest steps past that, where it's like this is our version of Huffer, who has shades, is orange and black, and carries two axes. <laughs> you know, he he he's kind of Huffer in that he's a robot who turns into a truck. Literally everything else is completely different. Um, and I've maintained for about a year now that companies that are moving towards this are seeing the writing on the wall as far as the, the ceiling on Masterpiece alikes, which I think is caving in. Um, and, and the biggest reason for that being you go into some Masterpiece alike discussion threads nowadays, you see people speaking about their hobby as I'm almost done collecting these toys. Uh, Fans Toys puts up a new, you know, whatever, and someone will say, all right, I'm one step closer to completing my collection and stopping buying these. Yeah. Because uh, we've been at this for so long, and when we've already talked about this, there's very, very little outside of G1 that is profitable amongst third party. I mean, we've seen others try mm-hmm. to venture out, like, you know, a Kickstarter for Pretender third-party stuff that didn't work you have like galaxy meteor who i think is a phenomenal toy but doesn't seem to be moving enough to get the two planned repaints out i've seen absolutely nothing about those even seeing retail anymore you know just the only thing that really works is g1 but we've been retreading so much of g1 in the third-party realm these days and now we've got multiple size classes multiple iterations and inspirations there's only so many buyers left for that stuff because they've already got something else and that's why i keep i keep feeling a lot more a lot more excited about companies that are straying perfect effect actually being one of the first ones to start doing it with their beast stuff uh that they're still doing like they're about to release a transmetal 2 megatron um, Planet X is moving into they're moving from doing those video game designs into doing a Star Saber and a Death Saurus that are like maybe a little video game themed but are way more like this is just our version of these two designs um, the Bad Cube one is just my current favorite one to talk about because they just revealed like their reimagined Warpath T-Red who is the Terminator of Red Robots so he's kind of like Warpath's nemesis he looks nothing like Warpath he's he's like turquoise he's a triple changer he turns into a quad walker tank and then a thing called the Hell Buggy um and then like you know just even the perfect effect um Optimus with the trailer where it's like here's G1 Optimus uh vehicle mode the robot mode is basically G1 Optimus with movie layout and like movie pectorals the trailer folds in a billion places to turn into the Jetfire armor, like, all this stuff that is, if not stepping away from straight-up IP infringement, is just walking even farther away from it, um, or going at least more towards the cross-dimension line of original takes on these characters that are a lot more like an artist's original take than they are um, a toy maker's original take. I don't know if, if the difference of that is really clear, just that's the way I think of it in my head. Um where it makes me think like if you're on like a deviant art page and someone's like here's my optimus redesign i made up as opposed to here is our optimus toy we made who isn't that one but it, we think it'll sell um 
So I think I think that uh, if if IP infringing third party toys went away, there are companies who already have established a plan. And I think even if they don't go away, uh, there are companies that are happily, in my in my opinion, walking towards doing some more of their own stuff that is still showing some love to Transformers. Um, even if it's not like just straight up, we we are matching this animation cell. Um, so I, I think we'd be fine, to be honest, uh, as far as my own collecting would go. Uh, there's some stuff I'd miss. It's fun seeing lavish representations of characters who kind of don't matter, um, getting, like, triple-digit masterpiece-alike toys. Like, I just got to mess with uh, a fan's toys, oddly enough, uh, Mind Wipe. Uh, it was actually a pretty fun toy. I think because Mindwipe is such a Z-tier character, as far as, you know, a G1-er collector-type person would be, they didn't try as hard on him and it ended up making for a better and more exciting toy where it's like he's just trying really hard to look like the robot mode and the bat mode but mind wipes bat mode is garbage so he's just trying really hard to make a solid garbage bat mode <laughs> yeah. um anyway I, I think i think it's it's always an interesting discussion to look into and i think it's it's also always really important that folks who are into uh, transformers be they ip infringing or official have some uh what's the word i like to use some self some self-awareness some self-transparency um about the nature of all this stuff uh and to not like die on a hill trying to stand up for the honor of of product because product doesn't care product is not alive uh, it will not reward you um the people who make it will make more that's about the closest you'll get and you'll still have to pay for it so Enjoy what you like, and then and and just be aware of what it is. You know, uh, I also say like like for the purposes of this and the next question, like my own perspective and one I think we all kind of share is like when we say unofficial and third party stuff, it's generally focused on toys that are IP infringing, hundred percent. But the toolings and the engineering works in them are very much built for the toy that one is buying, as opposed to you know taking an official toy and resizing it. Um, which to me is a different thing than what one would call a knockoff. There are people who refer to both as knockoffs, and I, I hate having that debate because it's kind of a, it's an endless debate where it's kind of like who's just going to give up first because uh, it's, mm -hmm. it's complete and utter semantics. So my own semantics are if the engineering's more or less original, it's third party. If, it, if the engineering is an official toy that's been tweaked or upsized, it's more so a knockoff. That being either a straight knockoff, upscaled knockoff, downscaled knockoff, or modified knockoff, the new thing, which we're probably going to talk about in a second. Uh, but I uh, hope that answers your question, Optimus Philip. Thank you for listening, and uh, thank you for being young. Um, don't know why i'm saying that but you know you, you could have been older so uh you know you're, yeah have you tried that yeah you know just don't don't be so cl close to new experiences <laughs> um let's go on to this question from jarl which is very much a sequel question uh jarl says you got an lq for us guys broaching a taboo topic knockoffs you see how i transitioned into that i'm very proud it's of like you meant to do it uh Jarl says, I've been getting into the third-ish party world of upgrade knockoffs, bigger size, new bits, die cast, that sort of way jang thang. I've also dipped my toe into the darkest of gray markets, knockoffs of other third-party toys. Uh, first through Jim Bao's oversized gravity builder, superb, and now through their oversized feral rex. We'll see when it gets here. Uh, Jarl, what I'm going to tell you is everything I've heard about that oversized feral rex is that it's, it's, um, uh, 
not superb. But they made new bits so it doesn't cr crumple on itself. Their Feral Rex oversized, as far as I know, was pretty crap. Uh, but they made an add-on for it to try to fix it. Um, don't expect that gravity builder out of it, is what I'll say. Uh, so his question to the podcast is this. Is this okay? I feel that knockoff toys that substantially and intentionally improve on pre-existing material even further blurs the line between proper third-party and knockoff morally and ethically. Is Wei Jiang's line of giant evasion primes ethically preferable to iGear's line of Masterpiece Seekers, uh, which was the Masterpiece Seeker mold that was rumored to have straight up been stolen um, by iGear at the time? Mm -hmm. Or does it just seem that way because they're cheaper and so the fandom gives them more of a slide? That was the serious business question. The follow-up funsies is, do you have any of these gray area knockoffs you like? Or even more classical knockoffs? Uh, pleasure doing dirty business with you. Click. So here's one way that uh, also, these are some more of my semantics. Um, when something is, a is literally just an official toy but it was produced in another factory, duplicate tends to be a word I use or counterfeit. Uh, counterfeits the one I tend to reserve for toys that actually try to pass themselves off as official right down to the packaging. But, um, right. so this, so the semantics we're going to use, I'm trying to lay them out in the hopes that for people who are coming into this as maybe new folks to the fandom or new folks to this side of the fandom. So they don't, they don't get super confused because <laughs> people already who are new to this stuff get super confused by the 30 or so third party companies there are to name. Um, so the first thing I'll say about the question is is uh ethics and morals when it comes to the buying of your toys uh that is a slippery slope where you need to make a few decisions because uh if you're worried about the morals and ethics of purchasing knockoff product um stay away from it all yeah there, there's a if someone's going to um how do I put this? Someone's going to judge your personal morals and ethics based on Hello? the toys you're buying. At a certain point, do you think that is important? Personally, I think that that is not an important thing by which to judge somebody's morals and ethics. Um, it's, But it, it depends, right? Like, I say that. However, I do tend to get kind of uppity if I see, like, a Shapeway designer's or a Shapeway artist's design get cribbed off of Shapeways and then reproduced um, by making molds of the 3D-printed parts. Because to me, that is stealing from an artist. Uh, it has then been... Here's a slippery slope. It's then been argued to me that are IP infringing toys not stealing from the artist who designed the Transformers design? One could then say, well, when doing work on Transformers, were they not doing paid work that is now the property of a corporation as opposed to a Shapeway? ways artist who made that as an independent entity so the, when when the question is is it okay to buy these it's really do you feel okay then it is uh outside of that it doesn't matter uh none of these companies will ever judge you in a way that matters none of them will ever will ever be able to punish or reward you in a way that is personal um so don't worry about that is what i would say um Outside of that, like that, that's kind of like when I saw the words morally and ethically, like that really just like that that side of the discussion just jumped right into my head, because um, it's it's one of the most frustrating discussions I find to uh, to witness about this stuff, because it also comes down to like, well, is it moral to be a fan of Transformers but buy unofficial product? Is it ethical? Is it right by the by my fandom to this corporately owned IP franchise? 
to not support its official releases 100% and denounce unofficial releases, uh, which is a ridiculous line of discussion to go down. It's a natural one to go down. Don't feel bad for doing it, but please realize it's also ridiculous. Hasbro doesn't care about you. They, they will never reward you. The people who well, work there care about you. They care about your wallet. They care about your money, yeah, but like, as far as you standing up for them, they don't care. Um, the people who work there appreciate it, but Hasbro, mm-hmm. the entity, does not care. Uh, and the people who work there are not able to show you much appreciation, but through no fault of their own, outside of in-person thanking you if you say it to them in person. Um, so, it's okay. Like, I might I might dunk on a product. I, I try to... I mean, I probably have failed at this many times, but I'll dunk on a product if I think that it's scum. I will try very hard to not dunk on people who are buying it. Like, if I were to dunk on people who I think are buying product that is tied to what I would call um, poor morals uh, or poor behavior, I'd be yelling at a whole ton of people who all buy NECA toys, but I don't. And and I've seen people go like, man, is it okay to buy Funko Pops? Is it okay to buy NECA toys? It's absolutely fine to do that. If I'm, if I'm dunking on those things, if I'm straight up calling something crap or if I'm like going, oh, Funkos or blah, 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 or like, ah, oh, NECA stuff all breaks in the package, you can still buy it. It's fine. Uh, if I'm making fun of the toy you bought, I apologize, but... I'm not going to come at you going like, how could you buy that NECA toy? Unless we're friends, in which case I'm doing it to give you a hard time. But um, nobody has the right to come at you for exploring what you do with your money with these toys. Um, You know, outside of obvious examples. uh, But I've been rambling a whole lot because of the word morally and ethically popping up in the question. Before I continue rambling, hi, Aaron. Hi. Welcome back. Uh, My internet totally didn't go away and come back like twice in there. So I'm not entirely sure what your ramble was about. I was just doing Uh, my usual thing about about morals and ethics and toy buying. But I think I'm here now. So So, uh, not knowing entirely what your ramble was, I can do one. And if I disappear, then I'll just keep going until Discord says that it's connected again. It's okay. Me and TJ so, can talk about Kamen Rider Zio some more. It's so, a pretty interesting Yeah, that, that's it's, cool. Uh, I was afraid it was like a build that I had downloading, but I have it down like ratcheted as far down as it can go, so that can't be <laughs> it. Um, so in so in my mind, for the, like, the first part of it, um, I guess where... I'll say how I feel about them. Um, when it's something that is a unique design... Where somebody's made Feral Rex, to me, that is 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 fine. And I'll, I'm gonna, um, I'm just gonna be the I'll only do I, this once, right? You've had the guy though, right, who comes up to you saying, "Well, when you say unique design, surely you know the Predacons yeah, were designed." Yes, uh, yes, as, yes. As I, transform- what I'm saying is is the- unique engineering. Okay. Yeah. So when I say when I say design in these things, I'm going to be talking about uh, uh, engineering design. I'm only doing not, that once, and only because I not, went into it a bit when you disconnected. Okay, and not necessarily uh, uh, character design. Um, so yes, they're cribbing character design, but a lot of times they are coming up with their own spin on things, making it look like eighty percent similar. But they've come up with their own engineering design. They came up with their way to turn it from this into this frequently using entirely unique tricks that that nobody's done before or 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 has been used in in different fashions along the way but they've managed to take all of these disparate engineering parts and 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 put them together to make a thing and then gone through the process of making it so that you can really make that thing 
and then sell that thing out to the world. Where I feel skeevy on on third party is you know the the oversized the I'm going to take this existing design and 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 break the item apart and put them all on my own sprue and I'll fix this corner on on an arm that would catch against this other corner that like limited mobility a little bit and maybe I'll put an extra hinge in here but the like engineering design is is you know 90 95% similar and then selling it like that it to me that starts to feel where it's dirty because you've taken somebody else's engineering design and knowing what goes into the silliest of things in in real world manufacturing the hours that go into that sort of design i can only imagine that similar herculean efforts go into you know making a design on the stuff that third party selling you know a little uh you know, a mini bot knockoff or you know I'm, I'll, I'll say as much as i like the the prime masters there's not a ton of like engineering design that goes into like fold legs across body you heard it aaron's fine um, with you knocking off the prime masters yeah, still <laughs> even not then like you know that that starts to get into to lazy as a function and that's an entirely different thing but like those are where my like ethics lines kind of sit so um, i want to present you with two cases only because like these are two easy cases for someone to go like well what about um first one well what about me sir first one well what about first for the first well what about well what about um the weijang uh evasion prime quote unquote which is not only upscaled but also like not just tweaked it was borderline 60 percent redesigned throughout like it's one it's still i think the best example of like what is this? Because it's not a modified Evasion Prime. It's not an upscale okay, Evasion Prime. I'll, I'll it's, say it's that feels it's, that feels icky. Not quite skeezy. Not like I, I need is to it, go like <laughs> wash myself in a steam bath. It's like I need to get some like Purell. Is that metric icky or imperial icky? Because you got to got to clarify. Uh, it, it's, met, it's metric icky. We're talking engineering. We try to be as precise as possible. Okay, right. You, um, where where that's like. <laughs> That is significant redesign has gone into it. So it doesn't to me it's not as bad, but it's like If anyone by the way has questions would, about the difference between skeevy and icky, please direct those to at Aaron on TFW. Yeah, uh, that's that's fine. <laughs> or 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 Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or wherever else you can you can find me. Um come talk to me on the street. I don't care. Um <laughs> that like I don't like when somebody outside of the process just cribs an entire engineering track. The, the, um, the other what about, because this is another huge one, what about the more or less, like the, uh, but the one that more so follows your initial definition, the MP36 Megatron knockoff, who very much was just tweaking bits and pieces of the mold to improve a hinge or two here and there. Uh, that was a third of the cost, but also almost objectively better built than the original. See, 
I'm that, giving you the hardball just because I know someone else will. Yeah, so. no, and and I appreciate it. Um, this is how we we learn about ourselves and each other. Um, that to me is is I appreciate that somebody thought, hey, I can do this better. Um, however, I I think that is closer to the skeevy side than the icky side. I will say straight up, as someone who um, likes that thing, it is the skeevy side because I am almost entirely convinced that that was the result of CAD model theft. Uh, yeah, that spread especially around. with the the turnaround of that, and, um, and the fact it came with the G one face sculpt that officially was not even announced until like six months after the knockoffs came right, out. Right, right. Um, so even like legality aside, uh, to me that's that's further down on the. Uh, skeevy side of things just because you know okay so you can turn around and and you know you probably saw the first couple of production ones to see where the engineering wasn't so good and so you got all the benefit of a second run where you know like as we saw with the movie camaro bumblebees you know the first runs of them were loose and floppy and and gross in a couple places and you know they, they were, were able icky. to grab. They were not not skeevy, they, but icky. Yeah, yeah. They they were they were icky on the engineering precision scale, not the how do I feel about my life scale. Um, that's an X Y axis. Um, since you don't have video, uh, and and so then you know the the factory or the designers or whoever were able to go in and probably say, okay, we need to change this, and we need to change this, and we need to tweak the way that that this process happens in order to make the the final product end up the way that we want it to and that that knockoff uh megatron was able to you know i if they did not get the cad models for for my understanding of of that um knockoff if they were not able to get the cad models then they got they got some high end like top level thing like somebody walked out with a with a daughter mold mm-hmm. of of sprues and, or like of just like un, unpunched sprues and they were able to walk it across the street someplace sand form make new sets and know where to tweak and spend a little bit more time to get it right and to me then, then that's just flat out theft and and and, well, and okay the places that this stuff gets made, it's a lot harder to work around that and 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 legislate or or litigate your way into or out of that problem um, because of the culture. But at the same time, like we can also take care of that with our wallets or lack of use of our wallets. And so, so if. The- the, where my morals come into this, because I, I, this, this is something I've gone through with two people before, um, and just to to show my viewpoint a little with through example, um, the I think it, oh which one is it? It's the infinite transformation. No, no, yeah, the infinite infinite transformation is kind of the top tier one um, of the two really well made Megatron knockoffs. Uh, so I've had two people, um, if I recall correctly, come to me basically saying, like, paraphrasing here, creating a single person out of these two. Um, I don't have the money to willy-nilly just buy a $300 Masterpiece toy. I really like Megatron. The $100 version that's a knockoff appears to be better built. 
and aesthetically is doing color stuff I like more. I feel bad about this, but I think I would rather just get that one to get a better toy uh, for cheaper. Uh, to which I would say, that's fine. As long as you don't try to make excuses for it and you just say, I bought a knockoff that was probably made out of stolen CAD models. Also, guess what? It's built a bit better. What a conversation point. Uh, as long as you're not pounding your chest about how you stuck it to the corporate, you stuck it to Hasbro and Takara Tomy. You showed them what they get for not making a perfect product. As long as you're not doing that, then I don't care. Like you, and, and you made an objectively smarter decision as a person who does not have 300 bucks to just wing around at stuff. Um, that's that's kind of an explanation about my viewpoint. Is I don't judge you for doing it just please tell me that you're aware of what you're doing and you're not trying to pretend like it's not what's happening. Uh, I say that as someone who owns both of those knockoff Masterpiece Megatrons along with my original one. Um, I know what they are. I knew what they are when I bought them. And if people ask me about them, I don't play pretend like this is actually part of some some campaign to show Takara Tomy how to make a real toy. It is a case where for less than the cost of another MP36, I could sample two slightly different and slightly better built MP36s. And I like MP36 a lot, thus, as a fan of that design, I was curious about the illegal knockoff side of it as well. Um, and that's that, you know? I'm not gonna tell people you should stick it to them by getting that knockoff. I would just say, hey, if you want to support the official, you're doing something nice for the the franchise as an entity. Uh, and if that's not a, a big deal for you, then, you know, please do that. But I'm not going to, like, sit there judging you, especially in the realm of $300 toys, where I'm like, you wanted to save 200 bucks by getting a knockoff that's built better? You scum? Like, I'm, not, I'm never going to say yeah, that to somebody. It's, 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 and it's never, like, my... These are... Again, my uh, feelings on the the engineering and the manufacturer sales side, the purchase side, I, I understand wanting to get robot toys. Yeah, that are that are inexpensive. I and, do. And if you were going to, and ask that's me, why that market's there. And if it comes down to, am I going to buy it? Man, I ha- might have a hard decision. But again, I know where, like my morals sit. And and how I feel about some of those things, and it may be a thumbs up, and it may be a thumbs down. And if if you're gonna ask me, like, what would you rather if that knockoff never existed? My answer would probably be like, sure, I'd be fine if it never existed, because then all the discussion about MP36 would be just about MP36. Uh, I like the knockoff, but like, if it never existed, I think that we'd also there would be an upside. We would have a cleaner discussion about the masterpiece Megatron toy. There wouldn't be this whole side chapter. Uh, mm-hmm. That, as, as interesting as I find the side chapter, unfortunately, most people I find who tend to talk about it also start to come up with moral and ethical hills to die on that I feel are both irrelevant and somewhat diluted. Uh, if if that also further explains my viewpoint, uh, and I would be, and I would not be sad if that irritating angle to MP36 discussion was not there. Um, so I, I don't know. I, it's 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 also this also extends to the whole notion of like of like be a fan and let that fandom define you, but don't let it define you if it is making you turn into a bad person or if the definition of you loving a thing is how much you hate what it is right now. Uh, that's not healthy anymore. That's a toxic relationship with something, and that should not that should no longer define you. Uh, as hard as it is to separate from it, but that's getting into a different topic. But <clears throat> to to stay right on this one. Um, 
and to 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 swing back to our final say on this tj the king of ko's the emperor of unofficial the uh monarch of monetary ip infringement the um the the golem of the gray market the uh how many is that four i think that's i think you're up to four okay can i do a fifth one the um the kaiser <laughs> of uh of i already used ko's the kaiser of knockoffs because it's german <laughs> uh what's your take on all this I, I was I was waiting for the Baron of Bootleg. Damn it! Yeah. <laughs> this podcast is over. I'm leaving. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> Taking my ball. I'm going home. Yeah. Baron of Bootleg. Why did I think? You say you, you talk this facetiously. Meanwhile, I've got four third party toys in my pile of loot right now. Oh yeah, I forgot you still actually get some of those. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. My uh, my stance has uh, eased up over the years. Yeah, well, I mean, you're you're on board with stuff like good old Centurion, you know? Uh, well, yeah, Walmart's, yeah. Is it called, did they call him Centurion on the box? I can't remember now. I can't remember. What the, the box? hell? The box is here. I can't find it. I think it was Centurion. Anyway, this is completely irrelevant. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still I'm still getting over the Baron of Bootleg thing. Don't mind me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you you brood. Do that in your own time. It's all you. Uh, honestly, like there's there's a few areas for it for me. Like if if it's just a straight up knockoff, third party or otherwise, then yeah. Like there's a moral area that I'm not comfortable with. Uh, that said, like every now and then, it still kind of hits me the right way. Like it's in our little podcast chat here where there's this absolutely gigantic version of age of extinction grimlock and Mm -hmm. i don't know why it exists but i kind of want it because there's part of me that really likes ridiculously huge transformers but you know even then i realized that that is straight up someone else's design someone else's engineering someone else who worked really really hard on that and it is ripping off in a completely official product and that is a little that's a little out of my comfort zone. There's a weird part of me, you know. And I, and I will say this. I will say this as well. Uh, if it's something like the hover that Chris was talking about, where we call it hover, it barely looks like hover. If that were to get a knockoff, then I'd be very upset because that is an artist creating something inspired by hover, but it's still far more his own product than. You know, uh, you know, an iteration of like a, a third-party transformer character. That that gets me a little bit more. Um, there is an element to me, though. There is a side of this that feels like, you know, you know, you talk about Feral Rex and a lot of these other designs that are trying to imitate the classic characters in their own engineerings. Like for me, the engineering is always impressive, but for me, it is. You know, the artist, you know, the engineering side of that, uh, for me, uh, the artistic side of it is a little bit more in in the realm where I start getting a little bit uncomfortable. Like, if you create your own depiction and that gets knocked off, okay, fine. 
I'm not gonna lie, I'm not as upset when it's like, okay, this is this looks like the G1 character in both modes, and I've created my own method of getting it from one mode to the other. That's still leaning far more towards someone else's work, someone else's creation, and if that gets knocked off, I'm not really all that upset about it because you know what you're doing, you know you yourself are infringing, so to you yourself be infringed upon is almost a fair game thing. Like, you knew what you were getting into, you did it when you got into it. There's also the fascinating side of some of that stuff where it's like, you find out that that knockoff of a third-party unofficial piece also happened because of actual bad blood that took place. And that, like, that was actually Mm -hmm. someone who got mad at someone else. Or you find out, like, you know, TFC finished this design, didn't want to produce it themselves, so they literally sold the design to some other company who then made the kind of trash-quality Dinobot combiner. Um, that was originally going to be a TFC thing, uh, for for that rescue whatever line. Um, just for reference, by the way, since you mentioned the Huffer again, here I'm going to link in our little chat, uh, Captain Huffy, uh, so you can see what he looks like. Um, because I'm not sure if you guys have seen him. Uh, and when you see him, you will see what I mean about how he has almost nothing to do with Huffer. Yeah, like he's got he's kind of orange. <laughs> and he's got a box on his back, and that's literally it. Yep. Yeah. And he's orange in a different place. <laughs> and he's got some sort of, sort of, like, smokestacks. They both have gray arms. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> that's about as much. The That as an artist's interpretation, I'm completely, you know, that that's like, okay, knocking that off is not cool. Knocking off something that is already taking someone else's design kind of knew we were getting into like I, I almost feel like the same as uh like like if someone designs like if you do really good character art on deviant art you do it knowing that you're you might very likely see that design up on someone else's Redbubble or amazon shirt shop completely without permission well also when it, when it comes to third-party companies getting their stuff stolen uh mold wise a lot of times, if you want to have any kind of real hard stance on it, or a harder stance, I should say, not a hard stance, a harder stance, um, the ones who you'd want to back where you really would want to take the side of the third-party company whose design was uh, swiped are the ones who will see it happen and basically go like, all right, so here's why their knockoff is garbage compared to ours, and they'll just list off all the things that are missing or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, like that when that happened with X-Transbot's um, breakdown, uh, they basically came out and said, okay, well, here's the thing what they stole we didn't finish designing the shoulder locking mechanism yet so when you look at that toy notice how the shoulders don't lock because they didn't have the finished cad model so (laughs) if you want to buy it by all means but just fyi it's actual garbage and it's unfinished (laughs) so you know if you want to like that that's to me that's kind of like what what gave me any kind of real viewpoint on that outside of Generally, I'm just because in general, when a company swipes something from another third party and and knocks it off, outside of Warbatron, who must have made someone really angry at them, it almost never is even remotely as good as the original one. Um, which I guess this also leaves morals and ethics aside in a way. It just puts me off of it anyway because I'm like, well, if I want like a good Feral Rex, the Jinbao Feral Rex, aside from being bigger everything I know about it is it's not as good so I'm not as interested in it um, 
And kind of like, that's that. A number of the Warbatron Bruticus knockoffs are kind of crap. And then the oversized one that retooled how the ankles work is like the only real good, good one, um, from my understanding. So, uh, that's a long and winding kind of question right after another kind of long and winding question, but I hope we answered it. And, uh, uh, for the second part, did we really get into, like, have we got any, uh, any gray market, uh, ones that we're kind of into? Like, not just third party, but like those, the gray market, the knockoffy stuff. Is there anything in there, like, for even if it makes you uncomfortable? Like, TJ, you said that uh, that massively upscaled Studio Series Grimlock is kind of, yeah. it's, it's still caught, even though it makes you kind of, it's giving you maybe some of that Imperial skeeve, if not some metric skeeve, is making you kind of go like, huh. Yeah, like, because every now and then, I, I find the stuff that gets my attention, if it's, like, just straight up knockoff, is, is it, is it oversized? And when it's, like, a Weijang thing, what did they shore up on it? Yeah. It's like so like someone was showing me pictures of like a giant version of Combiner War Rook. I really, really like that toy. And there's part I, of me that think I have that. It's a, actually really cool. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is a big solid bot to begin with. So to actually be big would be a really cool thing. And they put die cast in them. And so it's just like, here's Rook, but like the size of a baseball and like as heavy as a paperweight. It's like, alright. And by the way, we made all of Defensor if you want to just have a giant heavy Defensor. <laughs> so I, you know, thanks to Chris Supernal, I have one of those. And it's like, no, this thing's dopey and fun. It's like it, the last topic I want to get into about this, really. But um, before we go there, Aaron, what about you? Like, hey. you know, leaving, leaving your morals, throw your morals and ethics in the trash for a second. Uh, um, I was sitting there trying to think of like the crummiest knockoffs that I have or the or more towards his like classical knockoffs is like I do have some of those like OG ten dollar G one combiners. The picture frame Ooh. combiners? The picture frame combiners. Yes. Yeah. The the Kmart some, Easter basket sets. Yeah. Well, it might have even been before that, back when it was like Big Bad was selling them for, I want to say, like seven or ten bucks a pop. Yeah, the Kmart Easter basket phase was like the final years of those things. Yeah, the the they, the last of them finally got like horked out at like Alibaba or, or wherever. I heard those things have actually started picking up some aftermarket value. Okay, because you so know, it's, you know it's why? worth like fifteen dollars an hour or something. Yeah, like twenty bucks even. Like it's all on the back of the fact that those of us who have been in this fandom, like for the early two thousands and late nineties, we now have nostalgia for like like when I say for the, for the crap knockoffs. No, specifically when I say <laughs> the picture frame combiners, anyone from that era, I always see it. Their eyes light up. They're like the picture yeah. frame combiners, and it's like we kind of have a nostalgia for those things now. Yeah, because uh, the Constructicons was done as one, but it was like, I want to say the Technobots were across three of them. Yep. And then you like just didn't get a complete set of the others, and none of them held together for anything. They were good for, like, if you gave these to, to kids, they'd last all of, like, 15 minutes. Yeah, the, the picture frame downscaled Super Build Tiger that I got, uh, it was like it was made of... of a mixture of plastic and like like plexiglass yeah like, it's just it's like the, the thing is so brittle it would like barely clasp itself together and it, would, it felt like styrofoam um and it was how i got into brave toys almost i think there might have been something else but it was one of the ways i got into brave toys 
because uh, that's the thing that I think a lot of people nowadays just don't remember is for all the talk there is of the morals and ethics of uh, of this product and that product and and it's been explained to me why and I understand the reason why but back in the late 90s early 2000s knockoffs were embraced as far as I could tell by almost the entire fandom as goofy side project collections you could do that were just fun Everyone had fun talking about knockoffs, usually because they were bad, but everyone had fun. Everyone was talking about the picture mm-hmm. frame combiners. Everyone would be like, did you see the new Savagery Brave um, Tripreticus set that came out that's made of soap bottle material? Uh, and and I, I think that some of that exists, especially in people who like oversized stuff. And I feel like remembering how beloved that was has disappeared from that conversation. Um and and the way it's different is that back then that stuff was not made with us in mind and what's different now is that kind of stuff is actually made with us in mind not just the Wei Zhang type stuff where they you know actually aim at a high a higher end audience but even some of the monocolor upscale things every now and then have this almost knowing tint to them of like you know like like go scroll through sir toys basically is what i would say and some of that stuff feels like they were like some of these guys might be into a bright pink upscaled scout. Some of these guys might be down for a Titan Master that's the size of their fist. Because it's just a goofy, weird talking point kind of thing. Uh, and that is what's kind of different. But there is, at its very base, this fandom kind of has a love for ridiculous knockoffs, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I, and I hope that we always, at the end of the day, kind of remember that. <laughs> uh... Because that, that kind of goes back to the point I always harp on about, where when people kind of go like, well, you can't, you're buying counterfeit goods that are not doing good for the franchise. It's kind of like, it's like, buddy, remember, you don't work for the franchise, all right? Like, like you can love the franchise, but also, the, you ain't getting paid for it, and your volunteer hours are not going to get rewarded. So just, just calm down. I get where you're coming from, but calm down. Um... And then, of course, to both sides, it always goes to all the the straw man I created who wants to strike out at Takara Tomy by buying knockoff Megatrons. Uh, Mm -hmm. That was our long answer to those questions, but I love it when those questions come up because we, I think it's like, what, once every year, year and a half, we kind of go through the discussion. And Mm -hmm. I I like having the discussion. It's fun. Um, And I think it doesn't happen enough with the right right flexible mindset uh, that often. Uh, but that brings us into what we got this week. And uh, I got some ethically unsound, unofficial product this week I could talk about. Yeah, sticking it to Hasbro, or should I say, has been low. But I'll, I won't go first. Uh, Aaron, did you get any Transformers this week? Uh, picked up Rodimus Unicronus. I still have never seen that toy. I picked mine up mostly because I was so stupid surprised. I have never seen it in person once. Like, is but, it, is uh, it any good? Like, I hope this has a good answer. It's 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 the same as the the Rodimus toy. All right. Was really? I mean, I I I got it because I remembered seeing the uh, the post that somebody made of flipping the trailer around to turn it into like a space motorcycle yep and that's about it it's dumb but it was like i was the shock and surprise that um this thing does exist actually for retail 
and that I could pick it up because I had that issue where I was sitting here going, I I don't know if I got anything this week. Now, I, I probably would, would hit the same thing. And like we've said on this podcast, that's a bad reason to buy something. But also, uh-huh. like when you see something like that where it's like literally you've never seen it on a shelf. Mm-hmm. And now it's well, there. I, I did see it on a shelf once. That was shortly after the line initially released at a Toys R Us in Indianapolis. Well, why didn't you just go back to that Toys R Us? Yeah, well, so actually I had gone back to that Toys R Us while it was still a Toys R Us um, instead of being a sad, empty, abandoned building. Um, I was going to ask what it is now. <laughs> yeah, it's it's empty. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was it was a very much a shock and surprise that uh, that it was there in the first place, and I thought, ah! Well, if it's come out this early, we'll see it everywhere. And then that didn't happen. But it's the weird uh, story yeah. of Power of the Primes. Yeah, it it's it's that. It has some of the same like the stickers aren't quite into the joints qu- as bad as the the Rodimus was, but it still does a little bit. They shouldn't put stickers in the joints is what they should not do. Yeah. It's just the Yeah. <laughs> that poor thing. Um well, Gratz, you, you're now more complete in Power of the Primes than I am, by a yeah. long shot. But, yeah, that's that's my on topic. All right. Well, TJ, what about you? Did you do any Transformers purchasing? Uh, nope. Oh, geez. Just just getting into all those those knockoffs. Just just settling in your throne of, uh, there's no word that starts with a TH. I can work into this. This sucks. <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I get you. I get you. All right. Fill up your pile of loot with all of that pile of, of you're you're pushing it now. Indiscriminate IP infringement. <laughs> Look, it's okay. It's okay. Okay, and rest. All right. I'm relaxed now. Well, I I got something uh somewhat on topic. Uh, there was an eBay coupon. And these were on sale on an eBay seller's page who I trusted. So I bought two toys I've been meaning to buy collectively, I think, for over a year now. At multiple TF cons, I've almost bought one of them. Okay, um, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm going to let you go ahead, but you just remind me, yes, I do have something on topic. Darn it! Well, yeah, I got I to gotta go through with this now. Uh, yeah, just keep I just, on. I just want to grab this image because it says both of them in it. Uh, so these are by Generation Toy. Uh, this is their Masterpiece Robot Scaled versions of Optimus Prime and Megatron from the, I guess, early Phase 2, end of Phase 1 era of IDW. Uh, this is Op-X and Tyrant. Um, and I've been eyeballing these for a while because I, I got loaned Generation Toys' first two Constructicons way back, and I thought they felt amazing. Um, and I really like IDW Optimus, specifically the Dawn Figueroa design with the bent arm guards. Uh, I like Stealth Bomber Megatron a lot, so I, I was eyeballing these a lot, and, and this eBay coupon made them very, uh, I'm not going to say affordable, but made them a lot more affordable um, between the sale and the coupon. So I got them, and uh, I love them. Uh, they they are excellent. They have some problems to know going in, but they are, they are tweakable and fixable, or they are survivable. Uh, the Optimus Op-X has a couple screws in his shoulders you really need to tighten when you get them. They are just not tightened enough, so his shoulder joints are kind of floppy. Uh, but you tighten the screws and they're fine. Um, they both have, like, LEDs in their heads. Megatron's is bright red and awesome. Optimus's is supposed to be white 
whitish blue it doesn't really work very well and it's not bright enough so it kind of doesn't turn out but um the robot modes are they are way bigger than i thought they were going to be and i've seen them in person in cases but you know the difference between seeing it in a case and holding it right like i was taken aback uh in a good way and then the transformations on these guys are so nice uh they're they're complicated but it's like so much chunk work and on optimus there's a few panels but a lot of the panels they aren't panels arranging themselves carefully together into a shell it's more like the panels are attached to the chunks and contain all the locking tabs and it's not like arrange the panels so that all the tabs align perfectly or it's going to bust out of place it's like no there's just a couple tabs you jam the panel into where it's supposed to go and then the chunk is locked in place uh on megatron that's like megatron is just a chunk transformation and a really good one um I really like them. There's pros and cons, but like just out 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 of the box, you know, in a capsule. These are two toys I really really like. I highly recommend the two of these if you like these designs. Um I'm I was just so pleased with the transformations cuz I wasn't sure how they'd go. I remembered the Generation Toy um first two Constructicons being okay, but like with a couple bits it made me feel like this is someone's f- maybe first effort or, or you know, this is someone who's not quite not quite there with their vibe. Um, th- these two are, are just very good. Like the, the Megatron is objectively probably the better of the two. He adds some ratchet joints to his hips and stuff. And he's got, you know, a pure chunk transformation with a little bit of parts forming for the railgun. But uh, Op X actually kind of like more. Um, his, transform- his, his transformation is a little more complicated, but it flows so well, in my opinion. And it forms this beautiful, like... The, the vehicle mode, even though it's the Don Figueroa design that was also drawn by folks like Guido and, and Alex Milne, the vehicle mode oozes with the aesthetic of an EJ Sue vehicle mode. Um, it's hard to kind of explain it other than that. It's like that certain smoothness of the lines, the certain like solid cube shape of the cab with a couple of slick windows on it. And um, while OpX doesn't have ratchets in his hips... Uh, his hips are plenty tight on mine, and it, it makes him really fun to pose. The only real problems with him are the, the bent arm guards tab in, but they don't lock in, so it's very easy when you're posing him for them to flatten out, which is like the most first world problem you could ever have with a toy like this. Uh, he's also got some filler stuff in his upper shoulders that kind of forms a, a conjoined geared-ish joint, and it sort of works, but both he and Megatron have somewhat limited outward shoulder movement unless you're willing to futz the transformation a bit and let leave some stuff a little bit half transformed um anyway i could go on about these so i love these two things they are they are frigging awesome uh i still would like to handle the g creations ones but i know the transformations on those are not going to hold a candle to these two and i'm, I'm kind of into transformation as a quality uh also megatron comes with a big old flight stand and the front of it has two sliding panels so it can expand to be a little bit wider if you want him to stand on it in robot mode. And that little touch is just like chef kiss. Uh, anyway, um, that's that's my the, the really the crux of my what I got this week were those two. And I'm so happy with them. Um, have either of you guys ever ever looked into these things or any of the IDW stuff that, that these companies were doing? Uh, I've looked at them, but not gone for him. Mm. Yeah, same boat there. 
Yeah, it, it's it's very particular designs, um, and you, you kind of have to really connect with them, to, I think, to have interest in these. Although, like, the Optimus especially is kind of like, it's just a really good masterpiece Optimus, and the Megatron is, is a striking uh, design with the purple lining. The thing about the Optimus, though, and part of another reason why I got this, that Optimus design, as far as official toys, got a Legends toy. And, like, that's it. And to this day, I'm flabbergasted that that's the only toy that design ever got. Like, I, I, I guess it just was in the wrong place at the wrong time as far as design windows go, but I'm, I, I still can't believe we only ever got one toy of, of this Optimus design, and it was a Legends toy. Um, nothing against Legends toys, but there's a, there is a definite ceiling on what those can do. Uh, anyway, TJ, you said you did get something on topic. I did. And you reminded me when you mentioned the eBay coupon because I took advantage of that too. Hooah! That was uh, to finally grab a last night Cogman. Oh, welcome to the club! That's a good club to nice. be in. Yeah. Yeah, I just it's one of those things I just kept putting off, putting off. It's a little more expensive than I want. Eh, it's a little more expensive. eBay coupon plus the fact that they've been showing up for like eight bucks at at like uh, liquidators. And they were oh. they were part of the Toys R Us coupon up here too, like you could do two for three on Cogmans at some Toys R Uses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everything came down to a point where oh, I basically get that for retail shipping. I will go ahead and pick that up. I am happy I did. Yeah, like I love I, I love the deco itself. Just with like this is this is where I look at the siege figures and go where is the paint? Yeah. It's like this thing is nuts. Like there's a few clean areas, yeah, but he's got so much nice wash just bringing out his details and it's such good detailing. Like see they, they know how to do washes. It's it's the the dry brushing for the the damage that's giving them problems. Yeah, well. I I, I don't know. As, as far as going for like a gritty appearance, I I, I think I kind of prefer if they figured out the washes a little bit more. Yeah, me too. I, the mm-hmm. dry brushing thing is like it's actually harder to do than a wash on a mass production level, in my opinion. So it's yeah. I, I, I wish they were just doing ink washes on on those greebly parts. But the toy, the toy itself is good. I like the transformation. I like a lot of the little clever touches, like the, the arms folding up from the door halves, so there isn't a big hunk hanging down. Yeah. Uh, I really like the fact that I have an engineering hinge that allows him to aim his sword forward. Yep. Yep. Such a nice... I don't know if it's intentional or not. I don't care. It's a perfect touch. I wish more Transformers had with swords had wrist articulation. I, I've decided it's intentional. It's too much of a chef kiss moment to not be intentional. Like, if it was... At, it had to be at worst unintentional but during, like, the resin stage and someone had to have recognized it and went like, damn, I'm good. Like, I want to yeah. believe that. Yeah, because it is a simple change to go from, oh, the hinge is vertical. I don't know. Let's make it horizontal so they can actually point the sword forward. Yeah. Nice. And I, I love little things like, uh, like the fact that his chest is a flip down panel. So, like, if it's flush in the vehicle mode still, it's still flat, but you still get some dimension when he gets to robot mode. Yeah. And the and the you know the the basically fully done interior of the car mode too. Yeah, I love like, that. The, I love their space for two Titan Masters. That's great. You can get three in there. 
by that. He's, I, you I put one sideways across in front of the dash. Just laying there. <laughs> I still think he's the best. He's secretly the best secret Titans Return Deluxe. Yes. See, now I have to get my Nitro Zeus for the scene they cut out where he just takes over Zeus's body. Yep. You know, among the problems of the last night, that's one of the biggest ones I have. It's a petty one. But the, to- yeah. the toys communicated to me something you cut out that would have been cool. Well, yeah, and you see it in, the, like, Zeus dies because he gets his head cut off. Everyone's falling. Like, yeah, Surely just... someone could fly to save them somehow. I just... Never mind, I'm getting frustrated over something stupid. We'll just have uh... them float. Optimus will make them all f- float into a dust cloud and then a truck drives out of it because they're fine. Mm-hmm. I am Optimus Prime. Sure. Vivian. But yeah, that's about all I got done. Alrighty. Well, let's, uh, let's let's pop over to Off Topic, see if we got anything going on. Aaron, anything Off Topic on your end you've gotten up to? Um, I So I picked up a, another copy, or a different copy of the Epic Spell Wars game. Is where it there like was what, a, the one with a different suffix or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was, um, oh crap. What, um, I'm trying to remember what the, the addendum on it was. I've seen it. I almost bought it. I can't uh, remember. It's, it's a very adult, um, Panic at the Pleasure Palace. Yeah. Where it has, uh, MTDs or magi- magically transmitted diseases. And it's very, like already epic spell wars of the battle wizards was kind of like extreme and this goes not just like some of the blood and gore but also like and boob jokes yeah now it's Um, like when you're building your spell it can just be like erect spooge cannon blast yeah and of course i did it while we were uh doing our 12 hour thing for extra life so i get a little extra life for the kids drop in here um find me on the internet if you'd feel like donating or joining the team because that'd be cool um but no it uh it plays very similar to uh the other game it's a good game I'm trying to think uh, yeah it's it's fun it's one of those games that i've had fun with it as long as i've been able to keep it from being like the game that comes out every time. No, it, yeah, it's a, it's a it's a fun game provided you are playing it after something else for about an hour. Yeah, uh, it's a it's a perfect like um, cool down game. Yeah, it and that's about what the timing ended up being um, for the gameathon because yeah. I started it and then I ran off for like three hours to play Pokemon Go to catch a shiny Moltres, which I got two of. And then came back and played some other games and then um, kept on, on the fundraising side. And then once the fundraising was basically worn down, I was like, okay, well, I'll buy this game and then open it up and play it some and have a good time. Nice. But, yeah. Had a, had a, had a good time at the, the Game-A-Thon. Oh, excellent. And... Uh, Hope hope more people can come by or or help out and donate. I'm behind my fundraising goals. Aaron, I had right a, I had a bad person moment earlier today. You'll you'll yeah. you'll understand why it's a bad person moment. It crossed my mind 
of like, all right, TFCon Chicago, we'll all be there. It's going to be a new card game out. Should we do a little extra live stream playing the Transformers card game at TFCon? Sure. Okay, because I was sitting there kind of going like, the last time someone streamed for Extra Life at TFCon, it almost killed them. That was also 25 hours. True. True. Like, it it was the duration, not the action. Okay. Because I would like to try doing that uh, to to kickstart my own Extra Life stuff if I haven't got anything going before then. Let's do it. All right. I also need to get Transformers TCG cards because I'm starting to get the impression that Canada won't see them before I'm there. So uh, I got to sort that out. Talk to me later. Yeah. Maybe on Wednesday. Yeah. Maybe we'll talk Wednesday about the Transformers TCG game a little bit. Yeah. We'll sort something out. We'll, we'll, we'll not sort something out. We'll talk about the TCG game. You're all going to know what this means eventually. Those of you who actually get to the end of these podcasts, post in the thread with your predictions of what we're talking about. Uh, well, TJ, uh, what about you? Anything off topic on your end? I know you probably... I got the impression you did something. The impression or post, or actually just read my Twitter. I got the impression off the grapevine, off social, that uh, that you might have done something. I didn't want to pursue it too much. didn't want to dig into my sources too hard. Yes, I looked at your Twitter. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've got a hold of the DX Ziku driver. You were there for the five minutes. I was there, yeah. So I, I've learned when they will actually post it up because it's a it's a time in which it's strangely convenient for the North American buyers. Yeah, yeah, that was like friggin' early evening, late afternoon. It was eight p.m. Eastern. Yeah, like okay, so like the dead of morning is like nine a.m. Japan. Yeah, Which I guess makes sense. Beginning of the workday. And, uh, and, and for reference, this is the uh, belt from Kamen Rider Zio, new show that opened up recently. It's an anniversary show full of watches and time travel. And by all reports in Japan, they did not make enough of any of the toys. So uh, actually getting a hold of the belt was not only hard from being in North America, it was hard in general. Uh, I checked Mandarake. There are none on there, but the four or five that have been there sold for seven and a half thousand yen apiece. Because uh, no one can get them right now. Uh, they're going to make more, obviously. But oh, well, uh, yeah, like, but yeah, by the time the show's done, it'll be all over the place. Yeah, what I heard, a rumor I heard is that like November, there's going to be another big whack of them. Um, like that's probably the earliest another big whack's going to come out, and like whatever, like it's they're making toys that go into the thing all year, so they're going to probably try to keep those things on shelves. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, that thing looks really cool. I have one rider watch. I got the build one. Uh, I hate you. Because guess what? I was awake when that went up, and no one seemed to be paying attention. Yes. Oh, I forgot they do that thing sometimes where they'll just release one as, like, a cheeky preview. Yeah, like, you know, movie tie-in. But uh, it looks like a super nice gimmick. I mean, you know, anyone who's interested has probably seen demo videos of it by now, but... How does it like? How does it feel? Like the the thing I really liked about the build watch was twisting the front of it. Felt really good. Uh, it's just like it's just like marshmallow hand feel, you know, like like just felt mm-hmm. nice. How's the the actual spin on the belt? Uh, the spin is the spin works. Like there's a there's a nice solid chunk when you're completing a rotation. Yeah. Oh, that's good to hear. 
I'm actually way tempted this year. I think I'm going to do it this year because like they put electronics in the widgets, but then the belt <laughs> has some elect. It's it's like a culmination of everything. It it is, and it's it's uh let's let's hope no one's just hacks and tricks a whole bunch of noises out of this and reveals everything we're doing. So there have been hacking efforts, but the nice thing about that belt is is punching in different pin codes. It just makes different names show up on the LED. Yeah, and sometimes it's just words. Yeah. Like, we have no... There's no context. There's nothing indicating what this is going to be. It's just... I, I don't know. Fill in the blank. Yeah. Or it's like, oh, look, secondary rider names are in here. Big surprise. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like the nature of programming for that thing means there's probably way more words in there than we're ever going to see, because I expect that that's just putting words into a, a, a text database file as opposed to actually having sound effects and things. Yeah, possibly. Or at least putting dep- patterns in, I guess. Yeah it, de- yeah, it depends on how many possible patterns there are because some t- it's, it's sometimes limited by how many combinations of the buttons can be hit and sometimes it's limited by coding. Yeah. There's so much going on, though, because it's like... The thing has detectors on two sides, and I wonder if that, like, is doubling the number of combinations it can have. I will tell you, I got the big set, so I have both uh, Gates and I have uh, Zio. Mm-hmm. I keep wanting to call it Zio, because co- the Power Rangers Zio is stuck in my head. The freaking <laughs> Zio Power Rangers theme has been stuck in my head for actually three weeks, ever since Zio, Kamen Rider Zio, got into my head. Like, I keep hearing the, the what is it, Ron Wasserman? Is it Wasserman? Wasserman, Wasserman. Yeah, I keep hearing the, you know, the, the stronger than before go Zio, whatever, like, running mm-hmm. in my head every time. I'm just like, Stop! You're not even related to this. Stop it. I don't <laughs> mind, but. <laughs> but no, um, I will tell you, like, the watches themselves and the belt is programmed to recognize what side they're on. Like, like it's a, li- it's a little bit limited because, like, uh, the ghost one doesn't have, like, a transformation if you just use ghost. Yeah. For instance. But uh, putting in Zeo and Gates at the same time it does actually have a combination effect for the two. Yeah, I saw a video about that where it's like it at least has timing going on where like it knows to like not play them at the same time. Or I guess the watches know not to play at the same time. Yeah, one or the, yeah, one or the other. I'm not in, yeah, like the the watches actually know what side the belt they're on. So that's that's an important element. Yeah. Man, congrats for getting that thing. You're getting getting in on the 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 five minute rush. Yeah, <laughs> I think I'm just I, because it was it was always such a big deal for me to like let's get the review out immediately. Let's like as early as possible. Iron hot. Da, 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 da. It's just programmed into me now to just grab it early. Like I'm I'm really I'm really in no mood to film a video for it. But, you know, it's here now, just the, in case. The way I think of it is if you're like. It's, this is the way I think of it for myself. I'm way into the gimmick this year, and usually I'm not into the gimmicks. Un- and and you know, obviously it's always unless there's electronics in the things. And so you know, obviously this one kind of got me. And so it's like I'm not in a rush to get the belt, but I wouldn't I wouldn't feel bad getting it early because it's like I want to follow the gimmick anyway. And I remember in, uh, in Gaim, I really liked the gimmick, and I couldn't get a hold of the belt for a couple months. 
So I spent a couple months just having lock seeds, and it was sort of, like, annoying. It was kind of like, I know these things can do more, and mm-hmm. I can cheat noises out of them, but it's not the same. And Yeah. So, like, yeah, I would say, like, what you did is you have just, you, you've done a thing you were going to do anyway, and now if you end up keeping up with the watches, you don't have to wait. Like, it's all yeah. right there. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's basically what it came down to. It's just... I'm going to spend it anyway. Let's just get it out of the way since I have an opportunity. And you get to tell people, like, hey, I got mine from the five-minute wave one rush. Like, yeah, it's... yeah, I get that Yeah, <laughs> that sense of pride and accomplishment that comes from blowing your money as soon as possible. Exactly. <laughs> oh, no, the, the one downside to the belt is uh, the watches themselves, just because they are a smaller device running on smaller power, they, the speaker does not quite overpower the belts sound effects at the right time ah so like one of the cool effects is uh when you go and actually do the rider kick motion you can also activate the armor watch on the other side and it will add in whatever their final attack was so uh for like the ghost watch since he used omega drive it adds omega to the time break oh you must be happy about that yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but it it adds it at a point where the belt is still really really loud, ah. so it's it's a it's muffled, which which is unfortunate. Yeah, well, and the belt having just all those noises too. It's just, it's like it's like the perfect combination, I think, of of um of like the uh, the gamer driver and the uh, the Sengoku driver uh, mm-hmm. with a little touch of drive for all those LEDs. Um, that's awesome. Congratulations! Uh, was there was there anything else off topic on your end? Uh, technically no. Uh, got a mini plot Voltron sitting here that still has to get assembled. So, technically, I have no opinion on it yet. <laughs> sure is a model kit. Sure is five boxes. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, going off topic. Um, just thinking. What I talked about last week, I talked about my fan expo stuff already. So really, the only thing I got is I got um, I got a, I got a new card case in I really like. Um, I'll link you guys here to what it looks like. Uh, this is something I'm probably going to take with me to TFCon to bring my cards with me. Uh, it's, it's called a Quiver Quiver Time case. It's a really nice case. It's like a a, a very solid kind of like leather topped zippable thing. Um, with a whole bunch of options for uh, arranging the inside, it can hold a lot of stuff too. Like if, if you have like uh, small like single deck games, and I have a few, uh, a few of those now, um, I can cram a lot in there. And uh, I don't know, it's just nice. I, I like I like storage that puts everything into one big stick. Uh, it's just easier to think about than a bunch of little deck boxes all over the place. Um, okay. So I'm, I'm I'm quite happy with it. Unfortunately, I think they recently, as recently as September 1st, had to raise the price of the thing because they were selling it on an, on a, a launch discount for like a year and a half. Um, and I think it, the price just went up. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I've been I've been enjoying it. I've also been trying to think about this. Is kind of where I'm going with this, Aaron. I'm trying to figure out what to bring to TFCon because okay, uh, I don't I don't want to bring like like two sticks of popper magic as fun as that was to play that stuff is heavy and mm-hmm. i'm not it's not going to be in my town this time so i'm like there's probably going to be a whole bunch not a whole bunch but a decent number of people who want to play that transformers card game and so i'm like 
I want to I want to be prepared to to grab some of that while I'm over there. But like, should I bring anything else with me? And I'm, I don't know if I should or not. I like if we get the chance, I'd say maybe like a commander deck so that you can play commander. Mm-hmm. Like a couple of fun paired other decks. Just like, hey, you want to play magic? Here's some magic we can play. And they're at a similar power level. So it's not like, oh, yeah, here's my modern deck that, you know, it's a $5,000 deck and you've got your, like, $20 deck. Sure, we'll play a game. 30 seconds later, all right, you're done. I had to do that to Daryl. You know, it had to happen. Um, (laughs) Acting like his deck was a $20 deck. Yeah. But just set up something that's, you know, a couple that are playable against each other just for like fun casual stuff because I don't figure that you're going to be there for any like gaming events like that and then if you can find an easy way to bring along those uh um the the Autobot uh starter like transformer cards yeah not sure how well it would fit in there like bring your starter set and I'll bring my starter set. That way if people want to play two starter sets against each other at a bare minimum they can. By then I should have gotten my case of um or my box not case of um Transformers. It should be out on so, the 28th. So you should have it by then. Yeah. So there should be the ability to see a bunch of other stuff and you can paw through a bunch of real cards to to see things and maybe play around a little bit and it seems like it's simple and simple enough that you could just like put some stuff together but so, so truthfully i'm not even thinking about bringing magic with me um i was thinking about just bringing okay. some of those simpler like star realms type stuff that's cool too uh but yeah i think my, my limit is i just want to bring whatever fits in a quiver um yeah it's, it's a really good limiter too uh, as far i mean as, like, on the flip side i also have star realms oh bring star realms yeah, it'll be a whole lot easier for me to bring a bunch of this. Remind me closer to like day of. All right, remember and we'll, for about we'll a month put and together, a half from now to bring we'll, Star Realms with you. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll put together uh, a a chunk of um like stuff to stuff to play. I'll throw it out there, throw it out there to listeners too, whoever might be coming and who actually is interested in this stuff. Like, let me know because I think yeah, like bringing a commander deck. Uh, would be fun if a bunch of us all have one. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think that's the only magic I'll bring because that seems to be the social magic. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, there'll be Transformers TCG. Um, one of us will have Star Realms. Um, I might pack along that Uncaged game that has the Kickstarter going on right now because I'm, I'm still really hot on it. And if I still am hot on it, then I'd like to try it out with some of you guys. Yeah, I'll try it. Um, but yeah, I uh, I'm, I'm just very much, especially after Con Bravo, actually, uh, less so than TFCon. I'm trying to like remind myself that cards are heavier than video games, mm-hmm. and so just going, I'll just bring enough for everybody, is actually a really ridiculous thing to do. Especially like even if it's just a bus ride away, it's still kind of ridiculous, let alone a plane ride. So I am not going to bring tons of stuff with me to Chicago, but it's really fun playing that stuff. So I'm going to bring some. And, uh, yeah, I think that brings us to the end of our podcast for this week. So 
thank you for listening, everybody. And uh, thank you, Aaron and TJ, for joining me. We will talk to you again later. We might have a very uh, on-topic and card-related thing to talk about uh, in a supplemental-type th- scenario after you've heard this one, but we'll, we can't go into details quite yet. It's very hush-hush. Uh, but uh, until then, we will uh, talk to you later. And uh, stay safe out there, especially if you are staring down the eye of a hurricane. Uh, please stay safe. Um that's going to be a thing still, even if it takes me a day or two to get this edited, I think. Like, mm-hmm. that's a, those things don't just go away overnight, right? Like, they, they kind of... Not tr- normally. No, if they do, it's like <laughs> real weird stuff's going on. Yeah. Be careful. Err on the side of caution and, and take care of yourself. Because uh, we, we all like you the most as living humans. Uh, nothing against dead humans, but it's a lot harder to get an iTunes review from a dead person. So, please take care of yourself. And, uh, be safe. We'll talk to you later. Badass.